0: This episode has been brought to you in part by Canderell and Kingset Capital. Coming soon, affordable luxury condominium living at 908 St. Clair West. Nestled into a vibrant, one-of-a-kind neighborhood, 908 St. Clair West is a modern treasure, offering a sophisticated lifestyle inspired by St. Clair Village and prestigious Forest Hill. Register today at 908stclairwest.com.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mentormers, your bi-weekly look at the world of Jews and sports and Anka Jams. <laughs> the greatest Jewish sports movie of all time. Yeah, um, Anka, Anka uh, Jams really having a moment with the
2: uh, I think viral, I think I was response. I truly was the actual muse in Anka Jams. Anka Jams. Uncut
1: I know the algorithm is working because like sixty percent of the videos I get now are just people doing uncut uncut jam.
2: Uncut jam.
1: <laughs> I apologize I like, to anyone in the future woman... listening to this and just not having any idea what we're talking, or anyone in the present listening to this and not having any idea. What I we're saw
2: a about. pretty good TikTok today of a woman just with a knife trying to slap yes. it into a jar of jam. That was her uncut yeah, jam. She was doing it. All right, right. uncut uh, jams. <laughs> the true muse. The true muse
1: let's dive right into it a uh, lot going on in the world of Jews and sports um, and personally Gabe I hear you threw your back out yeah. how you doing this is gonna throw out my game. back I'm officially old yeah for the first time I also, time, also hurt I've, my back I've, today I've, how what'd you do oh I, I took my daughter up to my parents place and it's only like a few blocks away but uh, it was just incredibly wet outside so it and the sidewalks are still blocked with ice so I just ended up like carrying her the whole way home in my arms and no. she is a 30 pound
2: toddler now and that was really difficult so yeah, yeah I think so I've you know I'm 32 years old never had a back injury in my life and last week I woke up with a thrown out back I think just because I carry my 20 yep. pound son around all the time well guess
1: who's going to be joining us Gabe that is MLB all-star Alex Bregman uh who recently announced that his wife's having a baby
2: that's right. Very exciting. Uh, a jo- I thought you meant joining us on the podcast and you were going <laughs> to de- punk me with, Alex Bregman is here. You're unprepared. That'd be great. Um, we'll have to have him on for, for uh, a, dad, but no, a dad chat in, in, next yeah, year. Th- that would be a great episode. Get him, Zach Hyman, all uh, uh, Max Winkler, all right. of our Jewish friends who are fresh dads, uh, former guests, and just like spend 45 minutes. And Mike f- spent 45 minutes talking about like the nuances of the bris. And, you know, what, what diaper brand we prefer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. So congratulations to the Bregman family. Uh, Big ups to the Bregmans. Lots of muzzle. Yeah. And excited for him. He, he can join us in the bad back crew. Hopefully it doesn't affect his, uh, his raking his swing. Ability. Yeah.
2: He's, uh, Alex Bregman. Uh, so I'm, I'm very happy for him having a baby. I I hope they raise a Jewish, maybe they will. I know he's a proud Jew. Um, you know, and I see this as a man without a, a, uh, with a non-Jewish wife, but Alex Bregman is married to a woman named Reagan Howard, which might be the least Jewish name I've ever heard in my life. Like she, yeah. her name might as well be like, like, you know, Christina Worthington, the third. I don't know if I agree because Howard is certainly a,
1: a name that Jews have, you know, um, like yeah, at least think, some, think, you know, Jews, Mo, Mo Howard, of course, in the three studios.
2: Was that his real name? Or was uh, it like Mo Horowitz? Ooh, good question.
1: I think it was like Horowitz or something like that, but um it's a bit it's a you know anglicized
2: um I, anglicized I version if, of Jewish names. I think it's if I think you it's switch it around. If her name was like Howie Reagan, you could see like I could see a Jewish guy whose name was like like Howie Roganoff changing his that's name true. to Howie Reagan at some point. Howard or, or you know Herschel Roganoff is Howie Reagan. Yeah, it's not bad. Um I, so anywho, uh that's that's one big piece of news. So muzzle, big muzzle to Alex Bregman. Um and, you know, hopefully his his my nachos for him will help heal my back. Sure.
1: Um, we should say off the top that uh, we are joined today by Lewis Keen of The Forward, um, who's, you know, sort of, I think, carved out a, a real beat for himself there as their you know go to sports writer. Um, he's been covering a ton of Olympic stuff and uh, we had a great chat with him about uh, Jewish athletes, his uh, his shared 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 with us his, his love of Sean Green. And, uh, you know, caught up on some of the Jewish Olympians. So there is lots of Olympics talk coming towards the I, end of the podcast, we should
2: say, because that is a pretty going, timely thing for so those for going the on right deep, now uh, on the Chinese national hockey team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, believe it or not, contains a Jewish player, also a Greek American player, which we didn't mention, which I think is just as interesting. If anyone remembers Chris Chelios, the NHL yeah, his son. until 50, his son plays in the Chinese Olympic team. Um, Yeah, definitely an interesting, that's that's the least, that's not the most interesting story on the team.
1: Yeah. Very interesting to to hear how, you know, he he has joined us in uh, digging through the crates for Jewish athletes here and there, sending out Instagram posts to people asking if they're Jews and and whatnot. So um, great chat with him. Uh, Talked a lot about the Olympics. Um, In terms of uh, non-Olympic sports, um, obviously the Super Bowl just happened. We talked a little bit about, about that with him. Not a lot of Jewish content there. Um, one one Jewish story that uh, I think is pretty important. I, I, I think we we should talk about is the decision by Tottenham Hotspur to sort of officially move away from what they're calling the Y word. Um now I think if you're Jewish, quote, you know unquote, the, epithet. Yeah, I think if you're Jewish, you know what the Y word is. Um and I think it is uh, you know, so my understanding again, not we're not in England, we're not uh on the ground hearing this, but. Tottenham has a long London. history of anti uh, uh, of of embracing Jewish players and being a sort of refuge against um, anti-Semitism in the past. Um, and it has a lot of continues to have a lot of Jewish supporters now, and they call themselves the Yid army. That's, you know, just sort of been there been their epithet for a long time. Um, and now Tottenham is sort of saying we want that they want to pull back from it. They've, they've done studies, they've looked into it, and uh, that's what they've decided. So big change. I don't know. I have no idea how much of an effect it's going to have, you know. We should probably it's, have some some Tottenham fans in or or someone from in the soccer world come in in the next couple of months and say if there's been any effect of it cuz you know, they're 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 a big team. I mean, they're playing on a big stage.
2: You know, they're Champions League contenders, you know, year in year out. If you listeners just to say are are interested in some of the history of this, um, our uh one of the first episodes we ever did way back into the archives of the men's warmers. We spoke to David Goss, who's heavily involved in, in the media around the MLS and team USA soccer. Um, and, and he sort of talks a lot about the history of, of Tottenham, uh, and the Yid, what they call the Yid army, um, and, and sort of the North London soccer scene. So maybe we should get Dave back and talk about the new change. Uh, one thing I want to mention, um, you know, sort of very famously Jewish, uh, British comedian uh, David Bedial who wrote a wonderful book called "Jews Don't Count" recently. Maybe sure. "wonderful" is the wrong word, um, but uh, he's been pushing the team to get rid of the phrase, to get rid of the Y word, and to get rid of to discourage it for many, many years. Um, yeah, and, and I so should say there are there no- are opinions. Interesting because it's been discussed for a long time. Yeah, there, and there are opinions
1: in both directions. So I, I saw an, an article that was written in, in uh, the Independent by Shaw uh, Bear was the name of the, the writer who is a Jewish, by his name, you can, I think it's pretty easy to tell, Jewish person, um, you know, it looks on his picture like he's uh, somewhat from, and he is a Tottenham fan, and he says, we're the Yid army, I'm a Jew, and I want to be part of that, um, you know, he's an Orthodox rabbi, and he still, he still embraces it, you know, he talks, he points out the difference in the context between uh, someone swearing at you and calling you a yid if you're if they're a swastika with a sorry a skinhead with a swastika tattoo he says but it's different when it's a you know fellow spurs fan who has embraced the fact that the team has this sort of jewish nature jewish culture to it um and you know they there's there's people on both sides of it i guess is what i'm saying and again i don't mm-hmm. feel necessarily qualified to, to have an opinion on it because i'm not uh a, i'm not a premier league fan i'm not i'm not english Uh, You know, I'm not Tottenham Hotspur fan, except in a casual basis. So, um, you know, interesting that there's there's always. I think these things are tend to tend to be divisive. You know, in the same Mm -hmm. way that uh, when the Washington football team, or the camp when the Washington Commanders changed from their previous name, there were lots of people on both sides. You know, there were Native American people who were on both sides of that issue, um, as they as they were with the Cleveland Guardians old old team name. So. Absolutely, you know, it's it, it, it continues to be an interesting thing, and and I think I I, I would say that I, I do cheer on Tottenham's attempt to do something about anti-Semitism in soccer because <laughs> it continues to be a huge problem, and and you know I, if there are fans who feel like I don't want to go to a Tottenham game because I don't want to be called a gid, I can understand. So that. I can understand why one I'm thing those that, people that
2: you know part of the debate that I think Bedil talked about a long time is that um, Jewish Tottenham fans mm-hmm. always sort of said it with pride but if you were a Jewish Chelsea fan or a Jewish Arsenal fan or a Jewish Crystal Palace fan or a full, you know, any of the other teams in, in London, right. then to you, that was an anti-Semitic slur. Right. Um, because, because right. your
1: fellow fans your th- of Chelsea would be using it as a slur against Tottenham fans.
2: Yes, exactly. Um, so I, part of that, absolutely. Um, something that I think is really, really interesting also, um, if you want to talk about it, uh, like, uh, uh, the in in uh, you know currently the the owner of Tottenham uh, Daniel Levy like they, they they've been owned by Jews for seventy five years uh, sure. he's Jewish the previous owner Lord Baron Alan Sugar was Jewish the Robert Maxwell the Jewish person before that was the the owner before that was Jewish um, so they've been sort of owned by Jews for a very very long time um, and finally I think you know could be with changing or or something that. Dan Levy is trying to have is a big, you know, uh, legacy on it is that he no longer, it's no longer seen as a point of pride, obviously from the owner's box, let mm-hmm. alone the fans. Interesting.
1: Well, something that we continue to monitor, I, I mean, you know, anti-Semitic chance at soccer games continues to be an, uh, an ongoing concern. I feel like every six months or so, we have to talk about some, some new anti-Semitic scandal in, uh, the world of soccer. So. Um, it'd be, I mean, as... see, it'd be interesting to see whether it has an effect. I mean, you can tell your supporters, please stop saying this, but unless you you know, unless you do
2: something more than that, it's probably not going to change their behavior that much. Absolutely. Um, but you know, speaking of, of, uh, strange things, strange traditions in, in sports, I want to talk about, uh, Washington commanders, defensive lineman, Jonathan Allen, um, who was asked on Twitter this week, if he could have dinner with, uh, any person living or dead. Uh, right. He answered his father and Adolf Hitler, his grandfather, his grandfather, his grandfather granddad. and Adolf Hitler and Michael Jackson. Those are the three people. Yes. Presumably, his grandfather and Adolf Hitler were different men. Yeah. Um. But I think it's it's sort of worth pointing out that, you know, he made a very bizarre statement, I think, sort of misinformed about the nature of this dinner um, and then immediately <laughs> retracted it and said, you know, I, I realized that what I said was offensive and I shouldn't have said it. And I'm sorry. And that was that. Yeah. Um, so so he said long.
1: he said the reason for bringing him because he's a military genius and I love military tactics. But honestly, I would want to pick his brain as to why he did what he did. I'm also assuming that the people I've chosen have to answer all my questions, honestly. So a very odd walking it back of like, yes, I want to I want to have Hitler to dinner so I can hold him accountable um and talk about his military tactics. again i don't know if hitler per se is, is 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 well regarded for his military decisions certainly the decisions of some of his generals are considered to be useful but i feel like but i think ultimately
2: his, his on a whole you know they yeah, lost because the, of poor military invading, decisions yeah
1: and, yeah and i think specifically poor military decisions made by hitler um like invading russia in the winter so yeah um, and
2: never enter a land war in asia yeah, we've we've talked about this. It's it's William Goldman. His shot has has really put this out there. Yeah. So shout out
1: to uh, to well-known uh, guy, David Roth at uh, defector.com for writing a great, great piece on this um, sort of, you know, file this away in the in the annals of I can't believe this weird anti-Semitic thing is something we need to talk about. You know, sort of, yeah. I, I don't know, if purely anti-Semitic is, is the right way to say it. And I appreciate that he apologized uh shortly afterwards but but odd odd choice so um I guess I guess I would not want to have dinner with Hitler I don't know about you guys <laughs> I'd love I'd
2: love to know just want to see like you know why did he paint what was he in, <laughs> what was his favorite thing for dinner I just want to know what really Vienna in the 20s was like you know I just that's what <laughs> I'm seems, interested in he, he seems, seems like a guy like who would be knowledgeable where you about could that. get a good cocktail in uh in Berlin in 1935 Gabe, if you could have dinner with three dead Nazis, who would you? <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, <laughs> I think that's a pretty good wrap up on, on, no, on. I think it would be if you could have dinner with one genocide, genocide <laughs> doer from history. Oh who would it
1: be? Oh, God. I I, 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 I decline to answer the question. Um,
2: Noah. <laughs> Noah. Noah from Noah's Ark. Yeah. No God. God. My answer, I think, would be Hashem. Yeah. Can I say that? Should we cut that? I don't know if that's, but he certainly did a lot of killing. He's the one who did the Noah's Ark genocide. Our producer yeah, no, Michael says yeah, its staying. That so yeah. uh, I, local man accept, accuses God of genocide. Please, please accept my child into the conversion class, please. Okay. <laughs> Don't take this away. All right. I think, my I think parents I think, need this. I think that's enough
1: uh, before we get ourselves into more trouble. So um let's go to our interview with Lewis Keene. We're joined tonight by Lewis Keane of The Forward, uh, the Fair uh for our Yiddish-speaking fans. Uh, Lewis, how's it going? It's going well, but please don't Would test it, my Yiddish.
2: <laughs> Would it be the
1: Kadima for the Hebrew fans? That's right.
2: Uh, Gabe, I guess you you went to Camp Forward uh, once upon a time. I went to Camp... It, I thought it was Camp Going Forth, but I think it's the same word. Kadima. Yeah, pretty much. Anywho, <laughs> Anyways, welcome.
1: Lewis, welcome, welcome to our show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I, I guess we welcome you as well. Um, although you're you're not a, a newbie to this necessarily, but welcome to the, the Jewish sports media. Um, as it were. It's <laughs> it's like five of us, you know. Um Emily Barak just left uh, JTA for for Town and Country, probably the most Gentile magazine ever. So um, someone will have to pick up her sports beat. <laughs> and
0: you know, yeah, do we do we have to does yeah. she
2: get on but mitzwood?
0: I'm I'm looking forward to reading her her work at town and country and seeing her slip in uh whether someone is just randomly jewish that she's interviewing (laughs) i was thinking about that today like i'm writing about um you know this mayoral candidate in louisville who um was a victim of an assassination attempt the other day and um you know just writing you know writing that he's jewish like as you know a description a sentence is something that's very normal in jewish publications but like would be obscene in any other context. Absolutely. <laughs> like, right. You know, comma, who is Jewish, comma, It's like, what, why is that? It's like, well, yeah, you know, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've
1: come across this as well, that it's like sometimes, sometimes we'll get in contact with someone and our first question to them is like, just just FYI, or, just, or you know, just ask a question, are you Jewish? And it's like, there's only <laughs> two people who ask that question. Uh, and one group of them is anti-Semites. So, yes. you know, we, we happen to be in part of the other group that's just interested in, you know, being proud
2: of, of, you know, Jewish athletes or whoever it is. I I want to pause for a quick question. Just to go back to what you said, you mentioned you were covering this, the mayoral candidate in Louisville. Uh, Do you have to cover Louisville because of your name or is it something you've chosen to
0: do willingly? Yeah. You know, I would volunteer uh, to do Louisville. Um, I, I, they, they, they came to me with the, with the story and they said, is this uh, something you'd be interested in? And I did say, well, It is my name in the city, so you know I went to school in St. Louis. I I I didn't um I didn't choose. Wow, that's two
2: for two. (laughs) You
0: didn't choose
1: the Lewis life. The Lewis life chose you, eh?
0: Yeah, and you know when I become king of France, like all these things are are, are, (laughs) all the stars are aligning for for monarchy in my. You'd be Louis the fifteenth, right?
1: So we should say Louis. You're you're out in Los Angeles. Uh, Congratulations, I guess, for uh, the recent Super Bowl win by your hometown Rams, a team that you've mentioned. Uh, you don't particularly care about, but uh, it seems like the <laughs> yeah. city came out pretty well on the parade today.
0: It wasn't even like the highlight of my day that they won the Super Bowl. Like I was, I was rooting for them, but then like, you know, I was already out the door of the Super Bowl party, you know, when they had announced the MVP. Sure. You got, got to be traffic, right? It, it was literally that I got, I had to be traffic and uh, cause I was coming back from the Valley, which, you know, I would only go there if I didn't have any other Super Bowl invite and I did not have any other Super Bowl Super Bowl invite so.
2: Is and were you are you are you a Dodgers fan like were you happy for that parade 6
0: months ago or 18 months ago now we we have no sense of time. So the Dodgers the Dodgers uh winning the World Series I did go and act like an idiot in the streets um at in peak COVID. There was there yeah. was a stopping right. Moment. Um <laughs> uh yeah uh i'm a i'm a passionate dodgers fan i actually i snuck into a world series game uh when they first made it in 2017 wow uh, yeah, that yeah. Was how'd pretty... you pull
2: that off that's a good um, Jewish
0: sports story yeah i uh it, it's there's no um it's not a very long story i, I basically just um hopped the fence and then ran <laughs> <laughs> oh so just old-fashioned not sneaking in not
1: uh not, you know, trying to exploit your forward uh, press pass. Or to like, like handle your
2: pass. way with the right security guard. You just, you just brute forced it.
0: Yeah. And this is before, you know, I was working full time as a employed journalist. I don't think I would do it again today. Of course. I did. I did try it again in game seven and was immediately uh, caught in the act. And so then I just sort of ran in the other direction as quickly as possible. And wow. Made it, made it home. Okay, uh, so Lewis, as, as we're interviewing
1: you, um, and hopefully the podcast will come out shortly afterwards. Um, we're in the throes of the Winter Olympics. It's deep into week two of the Winter Olympics. Um, I, I'm sure we'll talk about all the all the sort of Jews or what we've seen from the Jewish athletes. But I want to talk to you about um, the piece that you released a few last week about Ethan Warrick. Um, who is a member of the Chinese national team? This was a, a, a bit of a surprise to us because, you know, I, I'm sure you did the same thing as us of sort of pouring over athlete lists and looking for Jewish names and all that. How did you come across Ethan as a as a Jewish player?
0: Yeah, so it's an it's an unfortunate but uh, very real part of my job that uh, I go to athletes on Instagram and message them and ask them if they are Jewish. <laughs> right. We know that
2: life, man. We know that life. <laughs> That's... Do you find Instagram or
0: Twitter to be more effective at this? Because
2: we're really looking to improve it.
0: So I've had no luck on Twitter, period. Uh, Not just when it comes to uh, talking to professional athletes, uh, just in general life. Um, (laughs) Just rules rule rule for life is just to stay away from Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Um, But on Instagram, I had actually decent success. um, And it's very funny when someone replies and just says... I'm sorry, but I'm not Jewish. So I know, there I was know. Like there was, I got yeah. t- to a, a German bobsledder named Deborah Levy. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right. No one's been talking about Deborah Levy. Like, so I messaged Deborah Levy on Instagram. And I said, uh, hey, you know, congratulations on making the Olympics. Uh, I write for a Jewish publication. And, you know, Levi, Levi is a is a pretty common Jewish name. So I'm wondering if you're Jewish. Um and if you are, I, I'd love to help you know my readers get to know you better. Um, and she responded a couple of days later, saying, "Sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not Jewish."
1: The, the Winter uh, Olympics were tough because all the Nordic companies had a lot of Bergs, yeah. and like the Central European Teutonic <laughs> countries had a lot of like Double N Hoffmans and stuff like that. And it's like it's a lot of red herrings. Yeah. It's like you know this could be Jewish, but I know. Better and this, you know, this Swede, uh, you know, named Kestenberg or something, or Kestenberg's not a good example, but Silverberg, but For, or Forsberg, right. or something like that. Yeah,
2: even Silverberg is a non Jewish name. And in, in you, you know, there's a player but, uh, on the
0: the Anaheim Ducks named Jacob yeah. Silverberg, and he's, and he's not Jewish. He's not, he's not Jewish. Uh, that's yeah. like, uh, it's an Anaheim tradition because they had David <laughs> Eckstein back in the day, that's yeah, right. Eckstein, deeply un Jewish. We, we like to call him Mike Jacobs All Stars after, uh,
1: mistakenly. Thought of as Jewish uh, baseball player, Mike Mike Jacobs. Right. Um. But the the piece on Ethan work very interesting. He, he was the descendant, or he is the descendant of Harbin Jews. Um. You know, Jews who lived in this sort of rural uh, Chinese city that my, You know, I've I've only read about it in the past from Dara Horn's writing about it. Um. Talking about you know the Jews, the Russian Jews who were brought in or came over, sort of to develop the railroads into China, and uh, you know that's where he got his. He was able to get Chinese citizenship. You know, and, and similar to the guys on a lot of the guys on the US and Canadian uh, Olympic team this time around you know sort of like a journeyman guy, you know, a cup of coffee, but uh, never really stuck in the NHL after getting drafted. and you know interesting to see him get a chance to play in in in, in China, at these Olympics. Um, you know it's a very interesting piece about uh, you know how these Olympians, you know some of the it, it, I think it's really interesting for hockey because for some of the Olympians, you know they're training their whole life at bobsled or short track speed skating or biathlon or whatever it is, uh, and they're the best who have ever been at that sport. You know they're just so good at. It. And for a lot of these hockey players, it's just like we just got to get a team together. Mm-hmm. Like we need guys. And for China that doesn't have a real hockey tradition, it's like we need we need guys. Like get all the Canadian American Chinese people that are you know can, sorry Canadian Chinese American Chinese people we can just get
0: some skaters on the ice to, to go, you know, get, go get
1: embarrassed on the ice, but
0: yeah. But China is really interesting because they automatically qualified. So they, right. you know, they knew they, they had basically five years to, to assemble a team. Um, and they didn't want to just, I think, I think they probably would have done a team of combination people like Ethan Warrick and, um, or, or just all, you know, Americans who, had some sort of Chinese heritage, right. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, but they either didn't have enough or they didn't have enough interest. And so they had this hybrid team of half half guys who were, you know, pro Chinese pros who like, you know, don't play in a very high league or anything like that. They just sort of uh, play professional hockey at in in China somewhere. Um, And half Americans and Canadians and, you know, other other folks who who don't speak any uh Mandarin at all and uh they just threw them all on the ring together and gave them like a few months to basically practice and, and figure it out. Um and yeah it, it, really, it seems to be yeah. it seems to be mostly the Kunlun Red Star team. They just
2: sort of slapped China jerseys on them and and promoted them. Right. Um are they are they a good team in the KHL? I have no idea.
0: Yeah I, um, I don't have the sense that they are um yeah but Sports in China is really interesting. You know, I, I think about all the high-profile soccer players who have just sort of ended their career by securing sure. the bag in China and then just like mm-hmm. sort of disappearing, and you never, you know, um, some basketball players too, I guess. Some j- basketball players too, for sure. Um, uh, but it happens with soccer players like kind of mid-career. Um, there's a there's a star midfielder for Tottenham Hotspur named uh, Moussa Dembele, uh, who just retired last week and uh he was just he was so phenomenal he's uh, probably one of my favorite soccer players ever um and he retired last week but he like to me he had disappeared four years ago when he went to china uh, and, and i don't think that culture yet exists for hockey um but i think uh there's no reason to believe that it wouldn't in another 10 years uh right. china decided mm-hmm. that it was a really marketable sport there sure um i should, I should say
1: i I, f- I found it pretty interesting that the you know, it's, it's best not to wade into the comments, but um, I did see the Facebook post, a Facebook post the forward made about the Warwick article. And a lot of the comments are very negative about it and saying, you know, he should be, he should be ashamed himself for fight, playing for China. Um, I think mostly because of the Uyghur genocide, which has sort of clouded so much of this. It, it, it does feel this does feel like a unique games, at least in our lifetimes uh, of uh, people sort of opposition and or apathy. And their sort of I don't know disappointment in what's going on. It's sort of taken the backseat as as the second week has gone on, but it's very it's very much present I think in the minds of a lot of athletes and people there. Although no one no one who's in China is saying anything because they don't want to get thrown in jail.
0: Yeah, that was kind of the difficulty um, in writing the article. Well, not just this one, but even in interviewing the Israeli skaters and the sure. American mm-hmm. Jews who were going is uh, knowing that they that they. By speaking out against um, China before or while they were there, um, would be putting themselves in danger, um, which certainly you know, complicated my job as a reporter. And wound up, you know, I basically wound up producing these articles that act like Uyghur genocide isn't quite in the games. Um, they're just sort of proceeding as as usual. We did run a number of other articles that uh, we ran a number of op-ed pieces that sort of addressed it. Um, but it it is, you know, it's both that, and I think sort of the nature of the pandemic have, has made it, uh, you know, has, has caused the Olympics to be sort of held in a bubble. Um, people are getting tested all the time, and, you know, their ability to sort of explore mainland China has been, has been like pretty much uh, abrogated. So uh, mm-hmm. it, I, we I think we, spoke... we may
1: start hearing some interesting
0: yeah. things once people get back to the back to
1: North America or Europe or wherever the, wherever they are coming from and they feel a little less uh,
2: constrained in what they can say. We spoke to, to uh, David Warshawski last week, um, two weeks ago, and he sort of mentioned his regret, not he's super excited to play in the games and all that, but that he didn't get to see more of China that, you know, he sort of spent his career playing around the world and it, you know, loves to see different cities and travel. He's living in Germany now and, and had, you know, his family is there. Um, but he was really looking forward to like exploring Beijing. Um, and probably, I assume, learning more about China, but it seems like it's, you know, like a lot of the country is a lot of the time is a very strictly manicured vision that they're giving the athletes of what China is.
0: Yeah. And they spend so much time like with their own teams. Um, right. Like, you know, I was, I actually went down to the, to the World Cup um, in Rio. And obviously, there was a huge like amount of police cleanup, uh, mm-hmm. you know, throwing homeless people in jail uh you know raiding the the favelas for for you know for whatever reason um leading up to it but as an athlete uh, you know you're being shuttled basically from your hotel to the stadiums and you know to the airport and back and forth and there's very little you, you get a very like manicured vision of what's going on there right. um, mm-hmm. so it's like you know Uh, someone like David Warshawski, he's not, he's not going to come back with any greater exposure to what's going on with the Uyghurs. You know, it's not like people are going to really talk about that there. And, um, you know, even if he could go around in Beijing, like he's probably, you know, any athlete would probably be going to one of four tourist sites and yeah.
1: It, it's I so mean, tough you know, hope, because yeah. we, uh, as much as we want to celebrate the athletes and, and uh, sports and what's going on it's like it, it's always I feel like in the back of everyone's mind that it, this is sort of I don't know whitewashing so much of what China does wrong and I don't know Absolutely. just being cognizant to that you know you can be
2: a, you can be vast and contain just multiple to jump in here gold is silver rich. and bronze washing they're gold uh, silver and bronze washing <laughs> nice
0: I like it yeah I, I it's it's you know I, I kind of have this naive like feeling that oh, like Israel really should have held out of the games, you know, like Israel should really mm-hmm, be a right. country that sort of takes a stand and says, you know, never a, a lot of A
1: lot of Jews agreed with you. I mean, there's lots of Jews who are in the movement about that,
0: um, you know. There's
2: a new big ad in the New York Times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But but Israel is 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 never going to do that. Um, partly, because, I, mean, for, I would say for two big reasons. Number one, their, their own sort of exposure to human rights complaints. And sure. also because of their like very large and important and growing uh relationship with china right like which is you know much more uh you know practically important than you know sort of symbolic gesture to keep Mm -hmm. their four skaters out of the games um but it's it's weird because also like the winter olympics like are so much smaller than the summer olympics like it feels like there was some sort of uh excitement about the, the game starting that immediately died out and you know probably more than half the american population thinks the olympics ended you know last week right well it's it's
1: been tricky these last I, i'm talking from just like a very selfish perspective and even worse for you at out, out the pacific time zone but like these last three olympics uh this uh tokyo and pyeongchang have just been impossible to watch like it's just like maybe a few hours in the evening maybe if i wake up early i can catch it but it's like it's not like um you know i remember uh vancouver uh Which is a three hours difference, but it's just like you know, I was in university and just like it was just on all day. You know, it was was great. And it was just amazing. You know, it's nice to have the Olympics in the background. Like just sitting down for like a three hour, uh, you know, Nordic combined race. It's just that's that's good. (laughs) That's good background watching. That's as much
0: like just a few hours of Nordic combined every four years is perfect. The perfect amount as far as because I've been writing about it, I've watched significantly more Olympic competition this time around than I have in any previous olympic games um and with with probably the the games i watched the most were the the alpine skiing events mm-hmm. and uh they have been uh can i curse on here yeah absolutely yeah they've it's been encouraged a, yeah they they've been a complete shit show like there was one yeah like like there was one race where i think a third of the skiers just wiped out and it was like heavy snowfall during during the race and you know people were just like wiping out in extremely uh occasionally extremely scary looking fashion which is like these guys oh, yeah down downhill and then just completely eating shit so um uh and and the Israeli entry has succeeded in those conditions yeah um Barnabas uh Zelish has like done that has basically raced better than he ever has in his career and is probably been the, um, the highlight of the games for Israel, uh, going into this couple skating on, uh, on Friday. So, so he, he finished, is he he the first,
2: first, is he the first Jewish person named Barnabas in 2000 years since like, like the original Barnabas? Um, I, I kind of hope so. (laughs) So, so he finished
1: sixth in the downhill combined, um, which I think is is that downhill and slalom? I'm hey, what not sure. What yeah. about
0: Barnabas Sanders?
1: Bar- uh, uh, Bar- is
0: he- <laughs> He's Barnabas.
1: Is he? I think it's Bernard. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so, but Zolas yeah. uh, finished sixth in the combined downhill, which I, I think is some contrived event that co- combines the, yeah, downhill. It's the combination slalom, of the fastest
2: like. and the slowest one right yes
1: i i, I like I, why those two are combined i don't and really he was know the but... second fastest in the slowest right right exactly <laughs> he came he came second in the slalom but then in the actual slalom he came something in the 20s which again still pretty good performance yeah. for him and for israel but his sixth in the combined downhill was um israel's highest finish ever in a winter olympic sport um, yeah so pretty impressive you know he's uh i don't know he's not just he's not just like the guy from uh, representing Timor-Leste or Jamaica who gets to qualify for the slalom because they want as many countries in the Olympics as possible. He can actually, you know, compete and like, maybe not win at the world cup level, but you know, get come pretty he, close. He, he, so.
0: And his older brother can compete, although he he narrowly missed qualification for these games. Right. And his sister mm-hmm. uh, who's no, 18 yeah. um, didn't finish that grade. She, you know, placed 40th, I think in most of the races, but, you know, she's very much an Olympic athlete as well. So they had a great family story. So I that was why uh and they were both really pleasant to talk to over the phone. So uh I always root for those for those folks.
2: So right. so who
0: else did you speak to who are who are Jewish athletes at the games now? So I spoke to um Alexi um, who was a figure skater who basically mm-hmm. Uh he skated to Havana Gila back in 2018. Um and then this time around, uh he fell during his routine, sadly. Right. So uh mm. he disappointed. Um and I've spoken to a number of athletes' parents uh on <laughs> LinkedIn, <laughs> on, on LinkedIn. Did you ask them what the what the proudest moment other than the bar mitzvah was? No. So <laughs> I I sent, so this was um I think his name is Deron Levy He's a Canadian. Oh, Devin Levy. Devin, Devin Levy, Levy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> of course I, I drew up his name a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, he, his family's Orthodox or modern Orthodox as they say. Yeah. They had a, they had a whole, they had like a legit, uh, bar mitzvah. I don't know if you saw that video. Yeah. Uh, he, he went to day school. Yeah. There's a, there's an excellent video on YouTube, uh, produced, I think by his sister or his, I think by his cousin, who was in some sort of media school, getting a media degree or communications degree. Uh, And she did a a short film about uh, this future Canadian Jewish goalies, uh, Bar Mitzvah. And he's, he's got great panache and uh, he's, he's, and I, I'm sad. I did not, uh, I did not rate a response uh, on, from his Instagram, but uh... I, I was
1: sorry that he he, I, he he didn't get a game as as goalie at the tournament. is is too bad. I guess he was just there for the experience and, and training. But um, we should say on that note that I th- I'm pretty sure, as far as we know, at least all the Jewish hockey players are are out now because um, both the Canadian and U.S. teams lost in the quarterfinals. Um, and-
0: Ch- China lost in the in the
1: before that finals? previous
0: round yeah kind of lost but not before our guy Ethan Ware recorded an assist uh Ooh, so that nice. was that should definitely go down as one of the jewish olympic highlights i so I I, was- I
1: I thought it was pretty much geared that like eventually you know at least there would be a canada us game and we'd get at least one sort of jewish guy at least in the in the in the medal round but didn't happen they both they both lost uh i don't know if canada was upset by sweden necessarily sweden's pretty good but uh us was definitely upset by uh slovakia i think or yeah. that's a bit paid, right yeah
0: yeah I, but you know jewish people are kind of coming up dry recently you know there were no jewish uh super bowl athletes this year right um, or
2: jewish owners which is usually what you can get as a backup
0: right and we had a we had a former well, the rams were formerly owned by a jewish person who may or may not have been murdered by his spouse but oh geez that's a whole conspiracy theory that
2: and, and people think Stan Cranky is Jewish but he is he is definitely not he is very much not it's, it's the bad kind of Cranky. <laughs> the um, only thing we
1: had at the Super Bowl this year was uh, Al Michaels doing the announcing and uh, which led to a great viral clip between him and Eminem uh, Eminem talking about uh, how much he loves Al Michaels it's great. Yeah,
2: I great 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 Jewish sports moment
0: you know I don't even think of Al Michaels as Jewish because I associate him with like deep waspiness yes
2: <laughs> But it's, ironically the, the do you believe in miracles might have been the greatest Jewish Olympics moment ever because of Al Michaels. Right. So right. we so we
1: should so we should talk about what the, the one Jew, as far as we know, who did come up with something so far at the Olympics. That's Emery Lehman, <laughs> uh a, a American speed skater who won a bronze medal in the team pursuit. Um, this is his fourth, it's, sorry, third Olympics. And uh, he was part of the team that won bronze. I think they were disappointed because they uh, they came very close to winning their semifinal match, but they ended up winning the bronze medal match. So um that is our only and pr- our only so far. I'm probably going to be the only Jewish athlete who's going to medal at these games. I don't know what exactly is left that we might hold out hope for. Maybe a few Jewish speed skaters or something think, like that, but I, I think that's probably
2: it. I think the, uh, the USA team figure skating, not winning a medal is also a bit of a disappointment. No, they did. Didn't they? Then Jason Brown would have won as well. No, they, they, no, he wasn't um, on the team. He didn't have the he team. He wasn't Scott on the team. <laughs> Uh, he's on singles yeah he's currently in sixth
1: so he's currently in sixth I think he it's possible but uh I think he's a far shot
0: from from winning he was unbelievable though I, that was yes yeah. yeah, you know I think he basically he topped out with not being able to or not having a quad as part of his uh routine. his run yeah. um I think he basically scored you know as high as as one could score and it's kind of interesting. It's like, oh, yeah, like six, like that's really good. Whereas like as an American growing up watching the Olympics, like sixth, like I think of as like sucking, you know, like like we don't finish. You, I mean, sports, as, you know? especially in the Canada, there's a there's an old joke that Canada, which
2: is actually true in the Winter Olympics, had more fourth places than medals. Uh, so we're it's Canadian gold. There you coming go. in fourth so for a long time, it was the best we could do. But but now we're doing very well. Yeah, the the men's competition I think has wrapped up, but you know
1: a very solid sixth by Jason Brown. Um, probably probably going to be his last Olympics. Um, not sure if he has another one. And then he's twenty seven years old. It's so hard to you know judge these people on like a quadrennial basis and be like, well, he's twenty seven now, so thirty one is just going to be too old for you know really competing at a at a high level. But he, but he does have a bronze in his past that he won in twenty fourteen in the in the team event. So right, uh, definitely uh, something to be proud of.
0: And you never know, maybe four years from now, there will be some sort of great pandemic that causes the Olympics to be delayed another year.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, who knows? Or, or he'll find some, you know,
2: fountain of youth uh, and, and turn back the clock for another appearance. But we can, you know, moving on to sort of your career and your, your, you know, Lewis, two questions for you. The first one, you know, growing up, you know, becoming a journalist in the Jewish scene, were there any Jewish athletes that you spent your life focusing on or thinking about i mean it's sort of the sandy koufax is probably i'm guessing is going to be your answer but let's go with an of the
0: non-koufax category uh i would not say koufax um because i'm in my 30s so i never saw him pitch <laughs> um yeah, I yeah we feel,
1: th- we'll feel, we'll feel the same way to be honest like I, as, as much yeah. as i know him as a name and respect him as a person i never watched sandy koufax pitch like yeah. i and watching the old newsreel footage doesn't really do it any justice See, I'm
0: actually 75, so I've been able to see him a <laughs> lot. Right. Um, but so, you know, I, my family became from when I was like 10 or 11. And like one of the first things that they, one of, one of the first things that, uh, uh, that happened after we came from is like they threw me into the Maccabee Baseball League uh, with a team that was coached by a rabbi. And I like didn't play sports <laughs> at all. That's awesome. Um, I, like my my rabbi like taught me how to throw. Like he was like, you know, yeah. you finish with your like right foot forward, you know, like he actually taught me how to. Um, and and from then I got like very into baseball. And at the time, the Dodgers had Sean Green, of course. Who, who played yeah, former, his, former Blue Toronto
2: Blue Jay, Jay, Sean right? Green.
0: Um, and he was like seriously Jewish and he was very, very good. Um, and his his thing was, you know, after every home run, he would give his white batting gloves away to, oh, nice. <laughs> to the nice fans. But we would go to, um you know, we'd go to Jewish Community Day and like sitting in right field, and like it was like Sean Green was like this like the best player on the Dodgers, second best player on the Dodgers, and um uh, and that was like you know he had four homers in a game when I was like thirteen, like. He was, he had, I think, 47 or 49 homers, um, which, you know, who knows? Yeah, he he had had a 30
1: 30 season in Toronto, I believe.
0: Yeah. um, It's probably a Jewish guy, you know, hitting 40, 47, 49 homers. Probably the, that's probably when the MLB realized, you know, they should probably (laughs) go to steroids, you know. (laughs) He's (laughs) the one. He's the reason that it was too much. That's a good theory yeah uh, but yeah, I, I, I idolized him. I, there was a, definitely a period of my life where when I was unable to think of anything to say, like the default way I was starting sentences was Sean Green did blah 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 or like what's what whatever whatever Sean Green's like batting stats were the day before. That's and great. Have you ever talked to him? I haven't. Um, and he's still like kind of around. Yeah, um, like he he's like an entrepreneur, like startup guy now, and he's done some stuff in the uh in in the like tech slash Jewish space, I want to say. Um, and he married a non-Jewish woman, and I, it was probably the first like exposure I had to the notion that that was like a very like shameful thing in our community. Right, like, like we love Sean Green, like with like an asterisk, but like you know, but, but the Shonda, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly it's, it's a joke you never take the politics he, out of sports we also
2: haven't talked to sean green we've heard from a number of people we've spoken to that he is as wonderful as you would hope
0: yeah i mean he just looks like a very very sweet guy looks like a medge, you know and yeah that's a sweet swing but the, he, the, he was he was vulnerable to the slider
2: nah, yeah that's that's I, I think it was cody decker who was worked with him on israel team israel who said like he spent his life idolizing sean green and he was like everything he hoped he would be in more
0: yeah. That's great. Yeah. If I ever see him, I'm going to ask him for, for a pair of batting gloves. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's great. And uh, we should wrap this up soon, but I have got one more story I wanted to tell
2: you because you and I actually, I don't know if you knew it was me, spoke about this on Twitter before you wrote an article about a Harry Potter prank at your camp. Yes. Um, Cause I wanted to mention the same thing happened at my camp. And just for a little context, Lewis's article, um, I guess it was a number of counselors decided to ruin the plot of the seventh Harry Potter book by putting plot points around the camp. Is it, did the, I get that the right? Main, the main plot point of that book. Yeah. it's The twist. So we, a, certain,
1: a certain wizard. Uh, killing uh, another die, wizard. Yeah, I think that's right. Right. <laughs> right.
2: We, so at my camp, we had a guy who is now a, a very successful and relatively famous architect in Chicago, believe it or not. But <laughs> the day the book came out, It was the day before visitor's day. So everyone knew they were going to get the books like that, like on the Sunday. But he had his day off on the Friday, went into town, bought a copy of the book, walked right back into camp, locked himself in the camp office and like locked, barricaded him in, turned on the microphone and started reading the second to last and last pages. And all of a sudden you heard like out of nowhere, it would be like, oh, it was a wonderful summer, said Hermione, like booming across the camp. And then, like every speaker everywhere. And then a couple of days, di- you know, 10 minutes later, you started hearing the banging on the on the door. Like, stop, what are you doing? Stop. And like kids <laughs> were crying on the on the ground, like people were hiding and plugging their ears. It's I I think it probably happened at Jewish camps all over North America.
0: Yeah, you're not the only other person who told me that it had also happened at their camp. Like other people went to non-Jewish camps also told me that this had happened. Um yeah. Uh, They're just saying I, about
1: the timing of it that it came out right in the middle of the summer. 17 year old You know, it's like some people had <laughs> access like, to it, but like,
0: you know, it was and it was such a such a such a spoiler. Yeah, and moment, it was at right, a moment that, where that, like spoiler culture was like kind of uh young, you know, uh yeah. there wasn't a large amount of like discussion about like what kind of spoilers were fair game and right. which weren't uh, it was kind of like, there were, there were, I remember there were videos of like people like, you know, spoiler bombing lines to buy the book, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some rough people stuff. in
2: line. Well, it's like, like in the Simpsons, I can't believe Darth Vader was Luke's father yeah. as they're walking out of uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back.
1: Right. Uh, uh, well, uh, Lewis, we should probably wrap it up there. Um, everyone can, can read Lewis on the forward. Uh, Lewis, anything you want to plug or yeah, do you have any pluggables? Uh, I'm on
0: Twitter at this, Lewis. Um, I do have one soapbox item, which is, and it's a scheduled tweet to go up as soon as the Olympics end, which is, we have to stop saying that when Jewish people are, are good in sports, that it's like debunking the myth of the bad, like the, the Jewish person being a poor athlete uh, or the unathletic Jew. Like at this point, there have been so, like the only people per- perpetuating that narrative. Are people writing about Jews in sports? And so like we should probably just be like find a new angle, you know, like it's it Absolutely. Can be cool without it being some sort of like greater meaningful, you know, uh uh you know, watershed for for the Jewish people.
2: So uh, like obviously when somebody wins a Nobel Prize now, they don't go, Andy's Jewish. Yeah. Like right. they they <laughs> used right. to, but probably not anymore. <laughs> we've we've crossed that point. But
1: we're we're right there with you and I think that's part of our mission as well. So glad always glad to have another member on board. Uh the the tribe of a tribe of good ath- good athleticism and not being shocked about it. Um but Lewis we should let you go. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks again to Lewis Keane for joining us uh we, we have been advised that due to our, due to our comments about God being a genocidal maniac, uh, we've both been fired by the Cana- from the Canadian Jewish news. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be signing off. Uh, this ought to be fired mid podcast, isn't it? <laughs> mid episode. We're firing ourselves. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. was great. Really great to talk with, with Lewis. As, as we mentioned, uh, we lost Emily Burak. So, you know, the Jewish sports media world. Yeah. We as a people. people, we, we, um, the Jewish, we, we, the Jews who control the Jewish sports media.
2: But She's still doing her newsletter um is she so, okay great so jewish yeah. sports review
1: if people don't know about that uh you know jewish sports review has uh, been a great newsletter that's been going out the last few months the, sport report, sort of, the
2: jewish, sport, jewish report. sport report
1: sorry we've been uh, featured from, in it any any yeah,
2: newsletter that features us i think is a newsletter worth worth mentioning absolutely so uh they've been doing they've been going out from uh
1: jta and uh just sort of running down jewish sports stories in the in the weeks not so dissimilar from what we were doing but uh in a non-podcast form yeah
2: uh, one one thing we mentioned is sort of the the joy and pain of messaging random pro athletes to ask <laughs> right. if they were Jewish. Um, and you know, recently we messaged PGA Tour pro member Andrew Novak, who is a great Michael Mike Jacobs All Star, who just said, "Hey Andrew, are we Jewish?" And his answer, probably the first I've ever heard this, was, "No, but my coaches." Mm, uh, so there is good. at least one one Jewish uh, you know uh, uh, golf pro coach scott rosenthal um so scott let's let's have a chat if you're listening to this and uh, actually andrew novak seems like a pretty nice guy he was very friendly over twitter dm i I got a very
1: nice response uh leading up to the olympics from u.s uh snowboard half piper carly margulies who just said you know just not jewish but thank you so much for you know uh uh, congratulating her on going to the olympics which is shocking because i i I didn't know that there were non-jewish Margulieses, but i guess there's at least one
2: uh, a friend of mine who you know covers U.S. soccer, David Goss, who talked about him recently, said he asked Walker Zimmerman, U.S. Mm. team defender, if he was Jewish, and was laughed in his face. So <laughs> that's too bad.
1: Uh, we should say happy trails to uh, retiring uh, Mike Jacobs, all-star Ryan Zimmerman, uh, the Washington Nationals, great, who has uh, announced his retirement. So oh, that's true. Um, we can Mazatova,
2: to end Zimmerman.
1: That'll yeah, that'll end the uh, speculation on whether or not Ryan Zimmerman is Jewish, because uh, I, I guess people. Will be less interested in in talking and talking about him now that he's retired. But you know, it's supposed to be a really good guy, and you know, real captain of the national team. Anyways, sure uh, we should leave it there that, for now. That should just about do it for yeah. That should just I about think. do it. Um, as always, you can find us at the CJN.ca. We're put out by the Canadian Jewish News. Uh, our producer is Michael Freeman, who uh, I'm going to spill a little secret for for everyone who's staying for the credits. Michael showed up half an hour late to our interview today. Can you believe it? And if, if he cuts this, he's a coward. So hopefully he's leaving it in. But yeah,
2: special special. Shame thanks on to you our producer. Half an hour late. Can you believe it? Always punctual, uh punk, always punctual uh, production, which seems to have ended about two hours ago this evening. Yeah. Um so you can find all our podcasts there. You can find our podcast wherever you get your
1: podcast. Like and subscribe, leave a review, whatever you got. Always happy to have it. Um you can find us on Twitter at Menschwarmers. Great place to interact with us, talk to us about Uh, your favorite Jewish athletes and anything like that. And we'll see you again soon.